podcast listeners. Hope everybody is safe and uh, doing well. Really stoked to bring this episode to you all. Uh, the reason I'm so excited for this episode is I interviewed a longtime friend, uh, Brandon Arve. So Brandon and I, a little backstory, a little peel behind the onion, if you will. Brandon and I met uh, at the University of South Carolina uh, on the drumline, and uh, he got 12,000 degrees in music, and then now he is running his own digital media marketing company out of Lexington, Kentucky. And so this specific episode is centered around what his business can add value to right now to businesses, especially small businesses. And we also talk about just the current state of marketing, branding, and really how businesses can get up and running quickly during this time. So I really hope you enjoy this episode, get some nuggets out of this podcast. And uh, as always, please take time either right now or after the podcast to rate and review this in the app store so others can find it. Um, Also would love if you subscribe and and listen um, consistently. Uh, If you need to reach me, shoot me an email, taylord, as in david, at vaco.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter at TDESEN, T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N, that would be awesome. Also connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm putting out a ton of content in regards to uh, finding a job right now on all those platforms. So I would love to be connected to you. Again, hope y'all enjoy this podcast as much as I did recording it with Brandon. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Guidance Counselor 2.0. This one is a special one for me uh, because I am joined by my dear friend, Brandon Arve in Lexington, Kentucky. Brandon, thanks for hanging, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on here. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you who are listening, um, Brandon and I uh, go way back. Um, We actually uh, go back to band camp. So insert funny joke here. Brandon and I have never heard that joke before. No. Um, so uh, Brandon and I actually went to school, uh, University of South Carolina together and a drum line together. Um, Brandon taught me, has taught me everything I know about drums back in the day. Um, and he is now up in Lexington, Kentucky, and he has completely, I would say, 180 to your career trajectory. Um, yeah, so, I would definitely agree. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess uh, so. Give me a rundown, man. I mean, I guess give the listeners kind of your background, uh, where you came from from a music perspective, and what caused you kind of to switch into um, what you do now. Yeah, so uh, Taylor, you and I we met in what oh seven oh seven. Yep, right at South Carolina. Um, so at that point, I think I was a junior at school. Uh, I was majoring in music education and percussion performance. Um, so I have three different degrees from three institutions, all in music. Um, so yeah, I went to South Carolina, then to Colorado state for masters in percussion performance. Uh, you know, Colorado was really cool. Got to meet a lot of interesting people, totally different lifestyle than a South Carolina, you know, in the state kind of thing. And then, uh, left there, I was there for two years and then I came to Lexington and got a doctorate in, um, percussion performance from the university of Kentucky. Um, you know, as a musician, you're always marketing. You know, you're a solopreneur from the from the get. You know, solopreneur. Like, yeah, I like that. So it's like the moment that I left high school, I tried teaching private lessons and stuff to um, to high school kids that you know were in school with me just the year before, 
Um, and so, you know, you're always trying to, to market yourself, whether it's to get gigs, to go perform, to teach, compose, um, it, be in an orchestra, to be in a solo, or and to be in a, a small ensemble, something of that nature. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's always networking. It's always uh, marketing yourself. It's always showing what you're doing, what projects you're working on, who it's with. Uh, and what venues you're doing that stuff in, of course, you know, and it all comes down to like um, to having a North Star and what you're trying to make happen. Uh, the reason you get a doctorate in music is to teach <laughs> at the college level. That's the only reason to really do that. Uh, and all that really means is I stood in a room for a long, long time practicing some instruments and memorized a lot of information um, and did well on tests, well enough on tests anyway. Uh, but yeah, so like really the, the big reason to get a doctorate is to teach college. So I started that whole journey back in 2005 when I graduated high school and I started at South Carolina that fall. Uh, and, you know, 2008, the whole crisis happened. There's all sorts of things that have gone on uh, throughout the world. Um, You're talking about you know, now even, or 2008? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, so yeah, exactly. Right. So like just all these things going on. I mean, even right now, like I'm doing this on my phone. I think you're on a desktop right now, maybe, but, um, you know, in 2007, the iPhone comes out and starts changing a lot of the stuff for music production and how music gets consumed through streaming. And, uh, anyway, so like the music world in two, you know, whenever you're, you spend so much time as a student, you're guarded from a lot of the real life, um, situations of what like the, the landscape actually looks like as a pro. Um, you know, professors and, and teachers don't really do a great job of teaching you exactly what the real landscape looks like. Uh, I will say here at UK, um, I was given a pretty good look under the hood and given the keys to the car a little bit um, to just understand, you know, what it's like to teach. Um, and then, yeah, so it's like I left um, being a student. I was teaching uh, I was an adjunct at a, a small liberal arts college here in Kentucky, um, Center College. I taught there for a few years. And, uh, you know, one of the challenges there was like, it's a liberal arts school, which has its own kind of curriculum that it's trying to push. But then whenever you talk to the students, um, the students didn't want anything remotely close to that. And so what the professors and what the admin was trying to push and what the students actually wanted were two completely different things. And so, of course, I always sympathize with the students because I'm thinking, man, you're paying $48,000 to come here each year. Now, of course, a lot of them have big time scholarships and it's not 48 grand out of pocket, but still it's like, in essence, you're paying 48 grand a year. You should get what you want out of this. Uh, and so I sided with the students. I asked them every single day even people that weren't my students directly. And I'd just be like, Hey, why aren't you in a program like what I do? Okay. And what would get you back there? And I would listen to their answers and I would try to implement those things. And sure enough, I did and grew the program to where I was essentially doing full-time work and adjunct pay uh, and, and no benefits or anything. Of course, I think I made six grand a semester teaching that stuff. And it was like 25 hours of students, 30 contact hours is full-time at the university level, but I was teaching just five hours short of that. Uh, I had a, like 11 students and some of them were taking like double lessons and teaching percussion ensemble and some other stuff. 
So anyway, I'm just trying to give as much context as possible in a short way to just uh, let you see that like, you know, people are out there busting butts in the adjunct kind of world and the adjunct thing is just massive. Um, Hassan Minaj actually did a really great job recently on, um, on the Patriot, Patriot Act on Netflix. If you, if you happen to see that, just talk about like what college landscape looks like right now. Um, and, and that's a whole nother podcast. Cause like, yeah. I, yeah, oh, yeah. My, Jackie and I, my wife and I have talked about like, what does college look like in the next 20 years? And, and I, I mean, that's, yeah. I don't think it's going to be around, but that's just my two cents. Oh, it, it's yeah. Um, I mean, I saw the writing on the wall a long, long time ago uh, as a student where I'm just sitting in a room and I'm like, I don't understand why I feel this right now. Like, for example, I'd be in a classical uh, music history class talking about classical music and Renaissance and, um, and uh, like everybody around me is nerding out on these books about these composers from, you know, 150 years ago to 250 years ago. And, um, and I wasn't feeling compelled to be nerdy about those same topics. You know what I mean? Like it was a drag for me. Like I would go to the bookstore and buy books because I was like, man, I'm supposed to like these. I'd buy the book and I'd be excited because I now have it. I get home and start reading it. And I'm like, I'm not passionate about this at all. Uh, so there was a little bit of that going on, which is like, you know, trying to figure out like, what am I supposed to do? What do I have to do? What can I like push to the side and not have to bother myself with, you know what I mean? So like discovering myself and like my interests and, and also trying to figure out like what the actual landscape looks like. Again, like I was saying, I was teaching what felt like full time um, as an adjunct at college I was teaching at a, at a high school, doing some stuff. I was teaching private lessons and had a private studio. Uh, I was teaching youth orchestra program at night. Um, I was composing and doing some writing and, and stuff like that. Um, I was serving like the local percussive arts society chapter. Um, and I was, it, I still actually am on the education committee for the Percussive Arts Society, which is like the big international group that all percussionists around the world uh, belong to, like people you hear on, on the radio and stuff. Um, anyway, I was doing all these things. I was teaching drum corps too. So it's like, I was checking all the boxes that as a student, you're like, man, I wish one day I could do that. Like I was checking those boxes real fast, which was awesome. Which was also proving to me that it's like, I was doing stuff before I had a doctorate that most people wait to have a doctorate to do, like teaching college, like going out and publishing and writing and trying to do stuff. Because mostly people think that you just have to fall online and do these certain things. And I've always been a pretty tenacious kind of person going after it and trying to just make it happen. Um, not like blatantly in the face of like tradition, but like just opportunities would come and people would ask me and I'd say, okay. and and at the time I didn't necessarily know that that was the wrong way to do it by tradition's sake, you know? And so I was figuring out, they're like, man, I don't like these certain things about music, man. I'm seeing that college is expensive as crap and students are being forced to do things they don't want to do. And the reason is, well, the school has to make money to pay these people and like here are the shortcuts they're trying to put in place and all these things. And then, uh, yeah, it was like, man, this is just not fun like serving all these different places of lessons in high school and college and stuff and having no benefits and having to drive an hour and a half to get to the next gig and spending all your money on gas in like Taco Bell because that's the budget, you know? And it's like, 
at a certain point you have to have a discussion with yourself or at least I did of like, okay, what are my actual values now that we're here? You know, like when I was a kid, I really wanted to check the boxes while I'm checking them. Now, now that we're here, like, let's have that, that talk with myself of like, am I actually happy with that though? Um, and so like, no, was a big answer. You know what I mean? Which sucks whenever you spend that kind of time and money and um, commit yourself to three degrees and all that kind of stuff, build your reputation and, in that space and then you're like you know that lifestyle just ain't me yeah <laughs> you know because yeah. like i got so engaged and then we had a baby and got married and everything so then it was a discussion of like okay this isn't just a me thing but now yeah. now i gotta figure this out for a family like do i want to move to the middle of nebraska or the middle of somewhere i've never because, been because that's because that's what it would have been i mean essentially that's right? the game yeah, yeah. i mean you yeah, basically have to chase it, it's kind of like playing college football on playstation back in the day you had to take <laughs> yeah. over a really like small college or soccer take a really small club and you have to like you know gain you know kind of move up the ranks i mean that's one thing i learned yeah. from you is is if you pursue that route i mean you have to go small to to kind of go to a prestigious university teach there yeah yeah usually that's kind of just how it works you know because you're talking about like going through committees and stuff you know what i mean it's not just like one person you convince to hire you so mm -hmm. you got to play the game so what do you do now? So now I'm a full-time marketing person. Yeah, you <laughs> marketing are. Marketing person. Yeah, you are. You're a marketing Kentucky. person. Marketing that is person. on your resident. That is on your LinkedIn. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Brandon Arve, marketing Marketing person. person. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I do marketing here in Lexington. Um, and not just for companies here in Lexington, just happen to be outfitted here. Uh, I have my own agency that does some work with boutiques and retail. Uh, and then I also do some side work with that. Um, actually do work with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was about to give you a shout out, but you beat me too. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, for those of you listening, you've seen more videos kind of pop up on my feeds and, um, kind of more social media strategy. Brandon's really helped with that. Um, so again, thank you, uh, for that. Um, yeah, no, I'm super pumped that we get to do it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. But, and then to finish that thought just real quick, I do have another company called branded 78. I'm one of three founders. Um, we work with people all the way from healthcare to building and construction supplies and like cabinet or uh, countertop installers and movers and uh, the music products company out in California. Uh, somebody that's actually an inoculation kind of place down in Nashville. So we service a lot of different things. We do social media, we do uh, email stuff, text message marketing. Uh, we'll go out, take photos, videos, do the editing, actually publish it to social for them. All sorts of fun stuff. That's awesome. So let's, so let's kind of dive into uh, a little bit more tactical stuff. So mm -hmm. essentially you and I were having this conversation kind of, uh, you know, randomly, I think last week about, you know, businesses, like what does it look like right now during COVID times where everybody's at home or everything's at half capacity? Like if there are people who are running small businesses right now who are like, I don't know how to get started what do I do? You know, Brandon, you sound great on the eight minutes I've been listening to you. Like what, what would you say? Like, Hey, listen, this is what you need to do. And, and what are your two cents on what is the really the marketing look like moving forward? So for personal brand or marketing a, a business? Uh, both. 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 So, uh, I think for both, it's just open up your phone and start posting about what you're doing. 
uh, with no sort of consideration for production value. Um, and that's hard right for now, people. And that's hard oh, for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, vanity plays a, a big role here. Um, permanence, you know, like you put it on your feed and it's like, oh my God, it's never gonna go away. And it's like, well, you can delete things, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I think right now there's, you know, it's sad. We see a lot of friends and maybe family that are going through a hard time losing jobs or closing a business or getting furloughed or whatever that might be. Uh, but also on the flip side of that is a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, as sad as it is for people to leave business, that, that kind of means that white space is opening up a little bit where those people have left, you know. Uh, and so if you're fortunate enough to survive what's going on right now, um, you know, just being innovative in what you're doing there, taking advantage of this moment right now, it's not going to last forever. You know, eventually we're going to have vaccines. Eventually we're going to figure out how to just manage this stuff. Life might look totally different in a lot of different ways, um, but it, at least we're going to find some version of a new normal at some point. We don't really know when that is, of course. Uh, but until then, I think there's a massive opportunity um, to make a name for yourself and to make a name for a business. And, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges right now is money. Uh, you know, consumers in a lot of ways, they're out there buying, but sometimes they're not, depending on what your vertical is. Uh, you're not really maybe interested in investing right now because of volatility and other stuff. Like there's just a lot of, di a lot of stuff at play here. Uh, and so one of the things I think that's really important, whether you're a personal brand or a business, is really just finding collaborations. Uh, I was thinking about this this morning, like personal brand, business, chalk it up to be the same thing. It's all about associations and who you know. You know, I mean, that's why networking is such a massive thing. You know what I mean? It's like, we have two choices to build brand. We can either, uh, we can either associate with people and brands that are similar to ours as far as like context and size. Which is what most people do. Whatever. Right. Or like if you're, if you're building a business uh, startup today, you have two choices, right? You can either like turn it out for the next 30 years and play that game. Or you can get VC funding and get like a massive infusion today on the back of their money and off the back of their name because they're associated with the project, right? And so it's kind of the same thing. It's like you can either try to find a celebrity that you know or something that you can try to put you on the map because they're tweeting about you or posting with you or something, which of course, you know, one post from a, a famous person can really up your visibility and the things that you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you could just go find the people that are around you. Um, you know, now virtually you can do that and, and just try to do that together and rise together, which takes a lot longer. So for, for those small businesses, you know, and, 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 and I think, I think of my dad's restaurant, right? I mean, I think, you know, of my buddy's restaurant here in Nashville, um, who's a chef, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're talking about partnering with people outside my industry or, you know, some people can be like, I barely know how to work Instagram. I'm not going to go hit up a famous person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this. And, and I'm going to say this. I want to hear your thoughts and feel free to disagree with me. I think marketing social, what social media, I think social media, you know, our favorite Gary Vaynerchuk, he says social media is the current state of the internet, right? So when I say social media marketing, right, I'm talking about all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, live TV, 
you know, TikTok, right? And, and so if you're a small business, in my mind, you need to double down during this time more than ever on all those platforms. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think you got in, you know, part of it comes into um, just a time thing and a bandwidth problem. You know, at this point we have, I don't know, seven to 10, depending on how you count these things up, platforms. You know, I mean, Instagram alone is feed, stories, IG, uh, TV, and live. That's like yeah, four I didn't think platforms about that. in one. I didn't even think about that. And then you have LinkedIn, feed, LinkedIn stories are here for some people. LinkedIn, li- like all these things have stories, feed, live. And, you know, obviously there are strategies like you can repurpose things and blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't have a lot of bandwidth, and you don't have a lot of money, you got to find like the really underpriced attention on the, on the first like one or two platforms where your audience really is, you know what I mean? And then if you can branch out after that and you have some more bandwidth or you have a a strategy that can afford it, then go elsewhere. You know what I mean? So So if you're doing like the B2B kind of thing, like LinkedIn obviously is super strong right now with organic, um, so yeah, it's like, if you're doing B2B, I would definitely be there. If you're doing something else, TikTok might be like, it could be number one if it's direct to consumer. You know well, and, I mean? and let's, let's get a little practical too, right? So yeah. um, what I call hand-to-hand combat. So let's say you're in the restaurant industry, all right? So let's give mm-hmm. some good ideas right now. Uh, and, 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 and I've told this to, to my dad, so this isn't anything I haven't already said. Um, so if other people copy it, sorry, dad. Um, but you know, for me on LinkedIn, actually there is a huge amount of individuals on LinkedIn who don't know how to cook. I will tell you that I don't know how to cook. And if I was a chef, I would post one video of you cooking a simple recipe for lunch, right? What did I have for lunch today? I had a turkey sandwich for lunch today. What if I saw a video on LinkedIn of three ingredients that you made and I can make that for lunch, right? That's going to increase awareness on you. Um, yeah. you know, wh- and then you spin it to that audience, right? Sure. And so you talk about like uh, road warriors and people that are always on the road and that just don't have time. People that are usually like a HelloFresh kind of yeah. person, right? Like here's how you don't need HelloFresh and you can make a similar kind of thing with fresh stuff at home and, right. and show the math a little bit. Like it's 10% cheaper and it really doesn't take any culinary skill. Like, right. Yeah. And, and honestly, I would do the exact same thing on TikTok, right? I think, I think TikTok's kind of like this kid thing. And what's crazy about TikTok for those of you, and I, I've read up on a little bit, is that there's this algorithm essentially that makes TikTok so dangerous and dangerous in a good way, rather, where you can post something. And while there is hashtags and, and, and you can like and follow, it's actually, it pulls up on other people's feeds just based off the content they engage in. So, you don't have to spend any ad money to get on someone's phone screen in California, which yeah. is, which is crazy to me. And so, you know, if you're a chef, you're going to have a lot of chef friends. That's what I'm going this way is that I would be posting three, five, seven videos a day. And it doesn't have to be crazy, right? It can just be tips, right? Like don't microwave plastic, didn't know that. Would have loved to know that. Right. And, and like, I mean, sure. you have to break this stuff down, but I think people aren't willing to kind of break it down on a microscopic level. And that's what you have to do right now. So interested to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's always trying to reverse engineer, like how can I actually do something that's going to catch the attention and provide some sort of help to the person that I'm trying to get to, right? So if you're doing the LinkedIn thing, and you're talking to CEOs or small business owners that are just either, uh, they have no bandwidth at all, uh, or if they're always on the road or they're always in the office or like whatever that is, if you can talk, first of all, think about their lifestyle. And if you don't know anything, like go ask, go find some people, talk to them. You know what I mean? Um, just figure out like, what are these people like? Are they sedentary? Are they actually physical? Are these people actually more prone to work out because they have more money and they have a trainer and you know, like you can't just assume that because they're in the office, they're not working out. So maybe they are more prone to working out. And if they are working out, are they paying attention to nutrition? If they're paying attention to nutrition, maybe now you have to balance, okay, these people are actually a little bit informed about like this stuff that's in food. And maybe you get into a little bit of the nutrients and talk about macros and, and other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Through I, the lens of a business person. Sure. You know, I think, and so, so the people who are still listening to us at this point, all three of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you're like, all right, get great guys. I don't cook that, you know, I sell, you know, I'm in, I'm in retail or yeah. any of that. Right. Everything you said was great. Give, just give me two platforms I need to focus on right now. I have my answer and I think I've shared this with you, but if I were to tell you, if, if you come to me and say, Hey, I, you know what? There's a lot out there. One it is, and it's a full-time job, but <coughs> mm -hmm. two hence why Brandon has a job. So go consult him because it is a full-time job. But, but two, if, if you were to focus on two platforms, what would they be? Brandon, I'm interested in your thoughts. Cause I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I, I know that. I feel like this changes a little bit sometimes every day. Um, yeah. And it, you know, there's no like reason for it to change other than like my internal like discussions with myself. I almost think it's like TikTok and Twitter uh, because I think one massive vulnerability of social media stuff and marketers for that nature or for that matter is they don't really talk back community management is such a poorly managed component of marketing you know brands are getting messages every day uh if you're a retail uh, business people want to know like well what's the sizing on this or i've got this kind of body type is this a thing or some people are really uh, environmentally conscious and they want to know like, well, where's this actually sourced? Where's this cotton from? Or, you know, so people are asking questions all the time, whether it's in, in DMs or if it's in comments or uh, even if you, you get into the weeds and you follow shares, like you get on Facebook and it shows you like somebody shared your post, go find that share because there are comments on that thing that people want to know about your business that you didn't get a notification about. So you got to put the work in and talking back to the customers and being part of the community and just being a human being is all they want. They just want to know that you care. And you know, one of those things, providing value, knowing that you care, these things are like nebulous terms that nobody seems to really define. We hear it all the time in marketing, but we don't really know what that actually means. You know what I mean? And I think for the most part, it's because the people spilling them out don't actually know what they, what, how to do it. You know what I mean? They're stuck in the high level and can't get into the weeds. And so, yeah, it's community management. The reason I talk about Twitter being one of those two platforms is that's all Twitter is. 
I mean, Shopify has built its entire ecosystem of um, customer support. Shopify support is the handle. I'm is it really? Them. I didn't yeah, know that. Almost, yeah, almost every single day I'm at Shopify support looking for help. They'll, they do some uh, authentication kind of stuff where they say like, hey, we're going to send an email to the account or the email account associated with your website. Go there. And you, so there's like safety stuff built in. It's not just arbitrary, you know, but they get in a DM and they respond and, you know, they do all their support that way. We see a lot of negative support too, or a lot of negative community stuff. Uh, you want to see that? Go look at Spectrum, which used to be Time Warner. Cable companies are terrible. I mean, if you just search for a cable company, Comcast, Xfinity, whoever, you're going to see a lot of negative stuff. People complaining about service just being bad, you know? And if that was your brand and people are out there just saying that stuff, you can either let it just sit there for people to have no context on and just take that at face value, or you can engage with it. The other thing too is, I mean, things are happening in real time on Twitter. I mean, everything going on right now in politics, everything that's going on with protests and other movements, it's all being played out on Twitter. That's where it's happening. And so obviously you don't, maybe you don't want to engage with those particular things, but all that means is that that's where the world is actually hanging out and discussing in real time as stuff is happening. And that's where your brand should be as well for the community aspect. And then TikTok just real quick is like, TikTok organic reach is crazy. I mean, we don't have platforms out there really that are like this. By default, it shows you the for you page, not the following page. The yeah. following page you have to swipe to, and the following page is the people that you actually follow. So it actually so puts less emphasis. It puts less emphasis follow. on followers. Yeah. Which I is mean, crazy. Yeah, for me, it's almost like, well, why follow people if you're just going to serve it up, you know? But obviously, people you follow end up being served in your For You page. Um, but yeah, the For You page, what I'm talking about for anybody that doesn't know, it, to what you said a moment ago, it's, you know, the algorithm is trying to figure out things that you like and trying to help amplify content that's going to be great because TikTok and any other platform out there, the algorithms are there for both parties. TikTok is in the business of your attention. So the more that you're on there, then the more that they make off of advertising and everything else. But the only reason you're going to stay there is because you're having a great experience with content you actually want to see. So they're not sitting there guessing at content that you want to see. You're proving it through your actions. And this is on all platforms for that matter. They're sitting there going, how long did you look at this post? If it's a video or whatever, uh, how did you engage? Did you share? Did you like it? Did you follow that person? Did you look at the comments? Like they're looking at everything that you're doing. And so every action you perform or moments where you're not doing anything are actually actions. Inaction is an action. <laughs> so you're teaching these platforms and TikTok. Yeah. To your point, you can have zero followers and you can have a million views. It's it just crazy. matters if it's good. It's the yep. craziest thing. So my two cents. So up until this week, I, I would have said LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, I still would say LinkedIn and Twitter. If the idea of doing video scares you, um, I understand why TikTok may not be, you know, your, your cup of tea. Um, but I also think I'm going to say this. I think video is the most effective way during this time where everybody's at home to really showcase who you are and your personality. Um, 
I would say now that I was able to get on the community text app application um, that a lot of uh, big names use. I put in my application four or five months ago and finally got on. Uh, text messaging is text messaging is really the next email. I mean, it, yep. it's crazy. So, um, you know, for those of you, it's like, great Taylor. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to put in an application. Like how can I do text messaging now? Like send it from your number. I mean, literally like, well, first off, if you're worried about people text messaging you, I'm sorry, but if people want to hack you or email you bad things or text you bad things, it would have already happened whether you gave your number out or not. Right. Yeah. So, but like, honestly, if I was a restaurant, I would have a text messaging app. Like yeah. I would personally love to hear from my favorite chef once a week. I would love to hear um, from my favorite restaurant, any specials they're putting out. Um, I would love to get interviews about the servers, right? If one server did a, did, did an interview and sent a video to me and a minute and a half video through text message, I'd be like, oh, I want to go in and, 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 and have dinner with Susan tonight. Yeah. And like, but it builds like, I don't know about you, but I read every text message still. Well, text messages are at a 95% open rate within it's the first nuts. 15 minutes of receipt. Yeah, we don't have anything else that's like that. I mean, anything. email marketing right now is 12% on average with like a 2 Say that again. Click. Say that again. Emails right now are like 12%. And what's text message? 12%. 95. Yep. So obviously with text messaging, uh, most platforms are set up to be like, they charge you a penny per text, something of that nature, something like that. Um, so you don't want to go all willy-nilly you know sure like yeah the I'm community not... app of course oh no 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 so like the community app is great because they just do you know 99 a month and it's unlimited for an unlimited number of people and you know most things are set up right now whether it's sms or mms where it's like charged per email or per text and then on top of that oh you want to put a video or a photo you know it's three cents or like or whatever that breaks down to be so a little bit of cost consciousness has to come in, I think. Um, but right. like that, I would definitely use that to retarget my people. The same people you're like retargeting with Facebook ads and some sort of retargeting campaign there or a retargeting um, or abandoned cart kind of thing on email is exactly who I would plug into a, a text message app right now. For so, sure. So you brought up something good. And, and again, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. You, you bring up ad spend. Right. I mean, you and I both are very familiar with ad spend and people are like, well, I don't have any money to spend guys. It's COVID right now. I'm broke. <laughs> My business is going to shut down. That's fine. You don't need to spend money on ads, but what do you need to do? And you kind of covered on that brain and with engaging, but I'm kind of, do you have any more thoughts? I have a little bit more thoughts yeah. on that, but I want to give it to you first on what else people should do right now during this time. So I think we're seeing a lot of people trying to get scrappy uh one thing that i think is real positive um obviously i don't i'm not trying to make light of anything that's been going on in the last two three months between covid19 and protests and all sorts of other heavy heavy stuff um but if there is any positive stuff in the business world it would be that we're getting down to what's actually needed and necessary the fluff is kind of gone uh, we've had a real soft time for a long time and now it's about survival. And so instead of like 
not paying attention to P&Ls instead of just kind of throwing some money away and just feeling your way through life. Now people are getting dead serious. And not only are they dead serious with that stuff, they're also experimenting and trying stuff that make them uncomfortable. And I think that that's the right thing. Um, so for people that have been uncomfortable with social media, I think they're trying uh, in a lot of ways. You know, people that have been, there's one guy here in town that has a really high-end restaurant that has been like no curbside, no discounts, none of that stuff. Guess what he does now? All of it. <laughs> Cause you either do it or you die. Like, what do you want? You know? So uh, the fluff is kind of gone and I think we're getting really tactical and practical, which is great. Um, yeah. And what was your question? <laughs> no, no, you're good. No. So, I mean, I like, went down what, rabbit hole. Sorry. no, you're fine. I mean, I think you answered it. it it's, it's because there aren't, you know, be, because there aren't, there isn't money right now. And cause we talk oh, yeah, about ad yeah. spend and you're like, Hey, listen, I yeah. don't want to spend money on ads. I mean, you said it best, right? Like you have to pivot, you have to innovate, you have to provide services. You know, for me, I would say, and, and I've gotten really bullish and, and I give props to Brandon for this. Cause he and I've had so many conversations in the last three weeks, four weeks of working together where, and, and this sounds crazy to say, because for me, like this wasn't, I'm going to be honest with you, this social media stuff and this video content was not even on my radar in March. And what <laughs> I'm about to say is crazy to me that's changed in three months. This is the only way to market and do business moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, and it's crazy for me, right? So, you know, for those of you, you know, who do know me, I'm in the staffing industry, um, you know, our the way we do business is one-to-one handshake nice to meet you let me help you 15 30 minutes every day i have had these conversations i think brandon with you but also my wife and, and my friends i don't know and, and i say this this is a little extreme this is a little gary v extremism here <laughs> I say, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a lunch again with somebody because the ROI on one person for two hours is not as good as me spending two hours putting out thoughtful content on all platforms. Now, that being said, I'm not overlooking the importance of shaking hands, of breaking bread with people. That, so again, that was a little extreme and I understand that. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts, but I really truly think no matter what industry you're in, if you are not spending all of your waking moment trying to build your community and network within social media platforms you're every day you're falling behind yeah and again with no money um and innovation kind of being the only way forward i think collaborations are one of the big ways again we talk about what i said earlier was uh associations are massive and who we know we all know this. We go to networking events and everything else to meet people. Um, and so trying to find interesting ways to collaborate with businesses that are within your industry or maybe not even within it. Um, and Give just, me one example. Give me one example. Let's, let's just stay yeah, on the restaurant okay, side of things. So, okay. So uh, for a restaurant, um, I don't know. Maybe if you're in a really chic and posh looking place and this is beautiful that you walk into and people are like, man, this is like an Instagram worthy restaurant right now. Somebody decorated that and whoever decorated that could actually be doing interior design content. You know what I mean? On your restaurant. I love that. 
as top of the funnel to what you're doing. And people would be like, well, why wouldn't I just post the pictures of the food? Because like, there are those people that will log in and only want to see pictures of food. But in between meal times, you know, like what else can you do to help people stay within what you're doing? For example, one of our clients is a moving company. You're not moving every single day. So like why in the world would you pay attention to a moving company? Well, for the same kind of thing, maybe it's real estate agents that we partner with and collaborate with. Maybe it's interior designers and on a quarterly basis, you do a collaboration where they come in at the change of the seasons to help you understand, you know, for a 12 day stint on your Instagram or your TikTok or something, they make content on what to do whenever you uh, are setting up your house and they do it through the lens of a new house because it's associated to your moving company. And you, maybe you do something with a real estate agent and the real estate agent is partly helping people need your moving company but they're also kind of the, the mayor in town that just happens to know everybody because that's their business is people. So getting the uh, real estate agent to maybe come on and make some content, you know what I mean? So just finding these things that are not you, they aren't your business, but they are in the ecosystem of people that need uh, things like you. Well, and, and, you know, kind of going into the software space, cause that's where I focus on. I always talk about, free work right and and that is a very divisive mm -hmm. thing if you get on tech twitter and you post anything <laughs> about free work with internships it is a very divisive subject right most people go no never i'm on the sense of you should especially if you if you have no work right now what's the difference of taking on work for free to get more exposure yeah. i'm not saying leave your day job to take on free work i'm saying if you have nothing in the hopper right now take on some work to get exposure. Yep. Um, you know, my, my side hustle with this podcast, um, unicorn finders, like I sent out a text, Hey, listen, we need a, we, we, I need a, a few free unpaid interns for some graphic design work and some video editing. I had a few people hit me up and they've done a great job. And it's like, now I'm tagging them whenever I post with our following right now. And so, yeah. you know, for, for <laughs> me, I'm kind of like, listen, like if you're a restaurant, I would go to, to the, to the uh, closest like boutique wine store. And I would say, Hey, listen, any of your customers come shop here, give them a 10% discount to my restaurant. Yeah. Just tell them to bring the, the receipt over. Yeah. Just bring the receipt. It doesn't matter what you bought. Yeah. Just bring the just, receipt. Yeah. I mean, that biz dev thing is a massive deal, you know? It's like, if you're a restaurant, why, not, why aren't you taking some appetizers, something that's really easy, has a long shelf life at somewhat of a room temperature over to the, uh, over to the uh, like stylist that's next door or something like that. You know what I mean? So you can always uh, just look around who's in your neighborhood and figure out what can we do together? How can we partner together and get my customers to see them, their customers see me. This is what we were talking about earlier about finding people that are similar to you in your neighborhood and you both just sort of rise together. And it doesn't have to be just the people in the same strip mall that your business is located because now we're in this virtual environment. Uh, you know, if it's something that can actually be done in a virtual way, uh, then do it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, so in, maybe there could even be like some really radical thing for restaurants where it's like, if you do catering, um, 
maybe you are partnering with somebody in California or Illinois. Because, I mean, come on, like, for example, you're in Nashville, like Nashville is a destination for a lot of people. Like it's a, it's a beautiful part of this, of the country, uh, between country music and all the other cultural things that are there. A lot of people like to go there. So it doesn't just have to be people in your zip code that you partner with to do catering, but it's like somebody in Chicago or Illinois, in uh, California or somewhere else maybe has some clients that fly to Tennessee to do certain things, to handle business. That's interesting. And so, I like that. You know what I mean? So like they, this referral service kind of thing can happen. You just got to find that right, um, that right network to kind of tap into and be the preferred vendor for something like that. I like that. So as we wrap up here, um, and again, Brandon, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's pretty cool um, to go from Bandcamp to this. Um, <laughs> so uh, for small businesses that are still listening, small business owners, what I, and, and I want you to sell kind of what you do, right? Yep. So, so we're going to finish this off by giving you a little shameless self plug. Why should small businesses in Kentucky or why should small businesses across the country? Because again, we're all virtual now. <laughs> yeah. Why should they use you? And I have my thought that I'm going to say, but I want you to kind of give your own shameless self plug right now. Well, I think we're in this spot, like we've said throughout this um, episode together, business owners are in the, in the position right now of wearing many, many hats. Um, and in a lot of ways, people are trying to come inward and they're trying to protect the business and they're trying to hoard cash or whatever it might be. And just for the existential, like, well, I don't know what the future is going to be. And in a lot of ways, I think, you know, investing is maybe like the biggest thing you could do right now. And expertise in certain areas, I think, are a massive importance right now. Uh, especially for your example of like a restaurant. I mean, everybody's pivoting and trying to do curbside pickup. Uh, well, you're in Tennessee, so you guys have been open for a little bit and like dine-in service, you know, but um, you know, everybody's vying for the same customers right now and saying the same things. Hey, we have curbside. It's like, well, yeah, everybody does right now. So like those things don't really stand out. So I think now tripling down on brand and a reason to go with you is a massive deal and getting your story out there in the context for why you is super important. And there are professionals like me and others in my company branded 78, that that's what we do. We help to tell your story and amplify it in the right places at the right time uh, to get your message out there to the people that need you. And because we're a third party, we're not emotionally invested like you in your business. We're able to be much more objective and offer new ideas that maybe you didn't think about, or maybe we can help just defend and you've been thinking about, but haven't pulled the trigger on it. And we could be, you know, the thing to really help you do that. Um, I think that's, that's maybe my big pitch right there. Um, you know, especially because we have the bandwidth too. Like I was saying, business owners have a lot of hats to wear right now and don't really have bandwidth all the time, which, you know, in some respects is great because you can just open up the camera and post and talk about what's literally happening today. Hey, I'm here at the shop right now. It's 830 in the morning. You guys see over there is still closed, like whatever. And like, hey, we're making our, uh, our specialty dressing today you know and here's thomas our chef he's doing it and here's the basil and here's this and then that and then hey our first customers are here today you know what i mean and here we're locking like literally documenting what's happening in the restaurant 
uh, just as opening up the camera. However, that does take work too, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's all inbound stuff anyway, especially whenever you need outbound kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's something that we can really specialize in and helping you get your message in front of people that don't yet know who you are. I love that. I love that. I also tell individuals this too, you know, from a price perspective, you know, one of the reasons why I went with Brandon and, and he and I've talked about this. And so this isn't something um, that's foreign to him. I mean, I think you undercut a lot of agencies out there. I mean, I, I, I think that's your, um, I think that's your go-to, right. And, and, and the services are great. I mean, obviously you and I are dear friends and, and that's why you are helping me, which I appreciate. Um, and also, you know, I think you and I think very similarly, but I think from a business perspective, I mean, if you're like, ah, oh, where to start, I don't know where to start just hit up Brandon. I mean, I, I think from a cost perspective, everybody's penny pinching right now. And I think Brandon will work with you um, because they're yeah. so small and, and they're so boutique-y. I don't know. That's not a word, but they'd be willing to work with you. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I wasn't going down that route. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, there are other agencies here in Lexington that charge four X four, yeah, yeah, three to four times the amount for less than we provide. You know, we're doing one post a week, uh, one video, or sorry, one post a day, one video a week. So you get 30 posts and four of those are videos. Um, and, you know, those video posts, we haven't really put a max time on those, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's like, there's nobody in town that's doing that. People are coming out. I'm guaranteeing somebody in Nashville is charging 1500 to three grand a month to give you one post a week, no videos at all. And that's it. And they, they're not doing community service or community management where they're like intercepting messages or anything. We're not really doing right that right now. Uh, we can, you know what I mean? Sure. But my point is like, there are a lot of marketers out in the world that are trying to make their nut off of you off of like one to two people. And we don't want to do that. Like we're actually priced for small business. I love uh, it. Yeah. So we're definitely here to provide value and help. We usually do way more than uh, we initially sign up for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I, we are I, I will, help. I'll say that too. Brandon's done way more for me than I think he originally <laughs> signed up for. So, well, man, thanks again for hanging out with me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and uh, obviously I'm sure we will talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, buddy.